Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. Dolphins and welcome into the Tuesday, January the 15th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, more information coming down the pipeline regarding important employees on the 2019 Miami Dolphins staff. We'll introduce you to the new assistant GM under Chris Greer, a likely head coaching assistant, position coaching, coaching rumors, rumors, and players, plus the one big thing regarding Miami's newly aligned vision and Adam Gaze takes the clown show on the road to a division rival. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. If you didn't know by now, those ratings and reviews are how the podcast gets out to more Dolph fans, helps the show continue to grow, and allows us to keep doing this thing. So we rely on those ratings and those reviews. Give me a follow on Twitter, at NFL. Follow the show, at LockedOnFins. And of course, check out LockedOnDolphins.com, which I have noticed lately, you guys are kind of making that your homepage that you go to all the time because we are absolutely killing it regardless of the article, the column, the writer. So we appreciate all that support. We have tons of new content up there for you guys every single day. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and the Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. We have another busy show as always for you guys. So let's go ahead and get this thing cranking. That's another Miami Dolphins there is some news to get to on this podcast in an official capacity as the Dolphins have announced the hiring of Marvin Allen as the assistant general manager under Chris Greer. And we're going to touch on Allen's credentials in the next segment here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast and also give you a big picture snapshot of what it means as Miami continues down uncharted waters this season and this offseason. But first, I wanted to discuss some coaching rumors that have been swirling over the weekend, over Divisional Weekend, and now into our Monday and Tuesday. Up first, Barry Jackson, as he has been doing this entire period from the Miami Herald, reports that the Dolphins are all but guaranteed to hire Jim Caldwell to the staff under Brian Flores. Caldwell is almost double Flores' age, and the experience is clearly a factor in this idea. He can help Flores get things operating on a day-to-day basis and initially get him going on the right foot. But the interesting factor here to me is that he's a potential offensive coordinator for this team in 2019. And frankly, I don't like that. I don't like that idea at all. I tend to think he's the fallback plan in the case that they aren't able to attract a younger, more innovative head coach. One that could potentially be a little bit more in tune with the modern landscape of the NFL and of offenses in the NFL. So I hope they look elsewhere and they just have Caldwell on the staff as the assistant. The interesting part of his connection to the Detroit Lions is that connection with Jim Bob Cooter, who was hired, fired rather, from the Lions this past season as the play caller and offensive coordinator. He had some more innovation stuff, but more of a West Coast principle with the Lions and Matt Stafford. And Stafford's play under Cooter actually did increase initially when he first got the job after the Lions started off rather stagnantly under Jim Caldwell before he was fired, of course, after the 2017 season. And then Cooter was basically the fall guy for the Lions' lack of success this year under Matt Patricia. So maybe their loss could be the Dolphins' gain. 
but I do tend to think that JBC could be the potential option as the Dolphins' next offensive coordinator. Now, we also heard over the weekend from Alex Marvez that Patrick Graham in Green Bay was a candidate to be the defensive coordinator under Brian Flores. We also talked about Brett Bielema, another name attached to the Miami Dolphins, and we covered that on yesterday's show here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. But another name that has since surfaced that we didn't touch on in that episode is Patriots wide receivers coach Chad O'Shea. He has been the wide receiver coach on staff there with the Patriots since 2009 and was previously with the Minnesota Vikings prior to that as an offensive assistant for two years. But my thought is this regarding these coaches from the Patriots, bring them all in, take that staff down one by one, get them into your program and continue to institute the Patriots program south down in Miami, and I know the idea of possibly poaching the Patriots and copying their program step for step might not be as attractive to some people because all of that program relies on the presence of Bill Belichick and obviously Tom Brady there as well. But the more you can make the Patriots weak... But also just the idea that guys would be encouraged to follow Flores from New England to Miami. To me, that bodes well for the Dolphins and what they can do to attract coaches to work under this guy that is widely respected amongst all of his peers. So hopefully that is an idea that can continue on for the Dolphins to continue to build them up, but also pull the Patriots down. And then another name that has been attached to a coaching position with the Dolphins is Mark Colombo as a potential offensive line coach, though that report comes from a rather unreputable source. So take it with a grain of salt there. But most likely you recall Mark Colombo for his dreadful stint with the Dolphins as a right tackle. And if that prohibits you from being able, from being open to the idea rather that he could be a good coach Come on. I mean, the two are not a correlation. Just as being a former player doesn't make you a good studio analyst, no, Michael Irvin and Deion Sanders yelling at each other is not good TV. And to finish up on that Colombo point, I won't pretend to sit here and know much about him as a coach. Obviously, he is new in this profession, but he's a guy that has risen quickly through the ranks. And I guess we'll find out with that. But the idea that they could bring him in, a younger guy to maybe connect more with this group of coaches that could be a mix of ages. I like the idea. We'll see what happens and how it turns out. But Mark Colombo is well within the sights of the Dolphins' radar, so keep an eye on his name. And then real quick here before we turn the segment over to another other topic here on the podcast, I know he's not part of the organization anymore, but as things continue to move along at a slow pace, we will talk more about him and other teams because he's now part of the enemy. And if you're new to the podcast, be warned that this is something I will do throughout the season. I will have segments where I talk about the rest of the AFC East. I think it's relevant. And I think it plays. And Adam Gase stepped to the podium today for his introductory press conference with the New York Jets and said some weird shit and definitely took over the media or the, the social media realms by storm with his crazy eyes that we've all grown accustomed to and now no longer have to see. But some really interesting comments he made that tells me that he hasn't learned much from his original stint with the Miami Dolphins. There was a question about the offense and how they were unable to produce in Miami year after year, and he made the comment that he wanted to play for the turnover margin and that they sacrificed some statistics to try to get wins. He also blamed his injuries once again, so they lost some key pieces on the offense. They tried to play safe to get those wins, a more conservative approach to the offense, basically throwing Ryan Tannehill under the bus, which to me is a contradiction of what he was with the Dolphins. Whereas some players got so frustrated by his support, his unwavering, undying support of Ryan Tannehill, they actually turned on the pair together. But that tells me that that comment right there, he's going to ratchet things up with the New York Jets. 
but good. Go ahead and do it because Sam Darnold turned it over seven times last year against the Miami Dolphins. He's been a turnover guy his entire football career going back to USC. I'm sure that will continue if they want to get aggressive with Sam Darnold in New York. He also made a mention that the Jets are going to have to find someone to coach the defense to basically be the head coach of the defense because he won't have time to get to that side of the ball. So once again, the same problems he had in Miami. Looks like he's taking them with him to New York. So that's a positive. Maybe it was a coincidence here to finish this thing out. But when somebody asked Adam Gaze, or I guess Chris Johnson rather, it was Kim Jones of the NFL Network. She asked Chris Johnson about a playoff mandate and if he had to hit certain benchmarks to the postseason over a certain amount of years to retain his job. And right when she asked that, like I said, could have been a coincidence, but Adam Gaze looked down as if to kind of almost Tony Sperano swallow his throat back in the 2011 Jim Harbaugh chase when they had that weird roundtable meeting after that announcement of Sperano's extension. So some weird moments at Adam Gaze's presser with the Jets. He has become an instant meme there for the crazy eyes. So once again, glad to see it not in front of the aqua and orange and now in front of the gross puke jet green they have up there in Jersey. All right, we got more on the podcast here, including some notes about Marvin Allen, Dolphins' new assistant GM, plus an official declaration from my favorite quarterback. And we'll do the one big thing. All of that coming up here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. Rumors, rumors, and some more rumors. So many rumors, so little confirmations. All the names we heard in that opening segment, Colombo, Caldwell, O'Shea, nothing official yet. Hell, the head coach isn't even official yet with Brian Flores, even though, truthfully, it actually is. So how about some tangible news for you guys to chew on on this Tuesday here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast for January the 15th? That would be a nice change, opposed to all the rumors we talked about for the last couple of weeks here. And this one, this is one that I really, really like, and I'm not sure how or why, but Chris Greer was able to lure Marvin Allen away from the Buffalo Bills front office and bring him to Miami. Now, you might say that's not the best farm system to pluck talent from in Buffalo, but Allen spent just one year up in Orchard Park in Buffalo there, and previously, he was the director of college scouting for the Kansas City Chiefs. And as you'll recall, that was Greer's former position here in Miami prior to being named the GM and now officially the GM with more responsibilities and more expanded duties. Essentially, he is the new EVP just without the title. But speaking of Allen, he was with the Falcons and the Patriots early in his career. So there's your connection to Chris Greer. But who is this Marvin Allen guy and why should we be excited about his role as basically a second hand in the organization making picks in that front office? Well, the big attraction is there. The one that gets his name on the marquee in the way that Bill Polian was forever heralded for drafting Peyton Manning to the Colts. The Chiefs drafted, nay, they traded up from 27 to 10 to nab Patrick Mahomes while it was Marvin Allen in charge of the Chiefs draft room as the director of college scouting for Kansas City. And some of the secondary names there aren't so bad either. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, Marcus Peters, D. Ford, among others. He assembled a group, or at least his team that he led and oversaw, assembled a group that would make any Dolphins fan jealous as far as premier talent on your football team and on your roster. And the Chiefs have built a terrific program, not just in the accumulation of talent, 
That's not an issue whatsoever, but they also did it within the framework of an actual plan of an actual vision with blueprints, prototypes, archetypes, however you want to define it and frame it. That's something that Chris Greer has talked a lot about in his past. And I imagine these two are going to be aligned in that vision and in that thinking, now be advised, they will break some prototypes for certain players. And Chris Greer has actually spoken to this on a previous podcast of the Move the Sticks podcast. And they had him on for draft season prior to the 2017 season. And that was before they traded Jarvis Landry. And they were talking about Landry being kind of an outlier as far as their prototypes go. And clearly a prototype the Dolphins have adhered to is at the cornerback position for a long time now. As we know that the Dolphins acquired guys like Byron Maxwell, Xavier Howard, Tony Lippett, guys with more length than anything else. And that's kind of an idea of where they're thinking at that position. Now, as far as receiver, they wanted guys in a different mold than what Jarvis Landry was. But because Landry was so effective at catching the football, had that certain temperament and brought a certain juice to the offense, that's when you can start to overlook certain prototypes and the Dolphins could be aligned in that thinking as far as taking other players that maybe don't fit what they originally thought they were seeking at those positions but sometimes talent is just too much to ignore so I think together these guys will leave no stone unturned and hopefully put a product out there we can all be proud of and at least have a product that makes sense in the general perception across the landscape of the league because last year this was a team that even though it was misplaced everybody got their shots into the Dolphins for not having a real clear-cut plan in place I think that will change going forward but I absolutely think this will be a home run hire, and I'll tell you more on that in the final segment of this podcast in our one big thing here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. But how about a little bit of quarterback news, the guys that actually play the games between the lines? The Dolphins signed one last week, and I haven't talked about it at all, and there's a reason why. I really don't know shit about the guy, to be perfectly honest with you. Jake Rudock, he was a Michigan Wolverine quarterback. He spent some time with the Detroit Lions the last couple of years under Jim Caldwell and Jim Bob Cooter. So that connection once again is there. He has signed with the Miami Dolphins along with Luke Falk and Ryan Tannehill as the three current quarterbacks on the roster. Also, the East-West Shrine game kicked off, or the practices did this week, rather, and the Dolphins spent some time talking with Boise State's Brett Ripien, who I can tell you is a good, polished pocket passer. Probably doesn't offer very much by way of playmaking, but he is cerebral and bright in that way. And Old Miss quarterback Jordan Ta'amu at the Shrine game, more time spent talking to him. So the Dolphins definitely very, very involved in the quarterback quarterback market as I imagine they will be all over free agents and the draft this year but how about the real real quarterback news of the day I mean what is this seven straight podcast now with a Kyler Murray mention yes it is finally official Kyler Murray declares for the NFL draft I am beyond pumped about that as I'm sure you guys all know again please check out the Locked on Dolphins website for the article breaking down his play I had 20 some film cutups in there showing you his elusiveness his off script ability but also some of his on schedule throws that he makes from the pocket as a pocket passer so check that out LockedOnDolphins.com so we have some more official news coming down. And speaking of official news, a quick story before we go to break here real quick before the one big thing. I was in my English 402 class on Monday today as I record this podcast and I told a story about how you have to kind of adapt your podcasting skills when you go on someone else's show and kind of be aware of your voice and the way you come off and your persona as that was part of the subject we were talking about. And of course, I relate it to my own real life experience. And she tells me after I finished saying this, I 
like who the Dolphins decided to hire, by the way. So randomly, my English teacher knows about Brian Flores. Crazy. I did go up to her after class and ask her why she said that or how she knew about Brian Flores. Turns out she is obviously a very much a liberal and progressive who is stoked about the idea of the Rooney rule and thinks the Dolphins are doing it the right way. So I was glad to hear that because to me, that says that non-football fans can kind of gravitate towards this team as doing things in a different way or maybe in a more eclectic way that's not necessarily what the NFL would do otherwise in other organizations. And it kind of got me thinking about all these connections to these guys that are kind of going against the grain and also being a lot more progressive in their style is what about a possible Colin Kaepernick marriage if you want to bridge him to a future quarterback? Like what if they did draft Kyler Murray and sign Colin Kaepernick? That would be something that I think would be very interesting and engaging. Obviously, plenty of you listening to this podcast right now would not like that for certain political reasons. And I understand where you come from there. That's not what we do on this podcast here. We talk about the game between the lines. But I think it's something the Dolphins might explore if they do want to bridge it to a guy like Kyler Murray, for instance. But yeah, my English teacher, a fan of Brian Flores, and Flores himself is one move in a line of a few things that has me encouraged about the future of this organization. Next, I'll tell you why in the one big thing here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast at Wingful NFL at Locked On Fins. One big thing. Facebook friends, former college buddies, it's easy to assign these descriptive buzzwords to new, familiar hires in the National Football League to a football organization. Adam Gaze was crucified for it, and some Dolphins fans feel that's the same track the team is on under new GM Chris Greer. And maybe it is. He's surrounding himself with people that he has hand-selected from previous professional experiences, but this time, this time the Dolphins they're doing it differently. Since 2008, the Dolphins have failed to clear the canvas after failed regimes before them. One piece exits, one remains, one is elevated, the other is demoted. All of the rebuilds have been executed in a half-measure fashion. And though Greer is an in-house hire, this is hardly the same route this franchise has grown accustomed to taking. First, it was retaining Jeff Ireland after Tony Sperano was fired. Then Ireland was fired mid-Philbin regime and Dennis Hickey was installed. Hickey was supplanted mid-tenure by an undeserving Mike Tannenbaum. And though Greer himself was elevated, Tannenbaum had ultimate control of the commands, evidenced by the awful 2017 offseason that saw Andre Branch extended for big money. The same true of Kiko Alonso and a contract for the suspended TJ McDonald, despite never having played a regular season down in the Aqua and Orange. Now, as Steven Ross embarks on what could be his final rebuild effort as owner of the Miami Dolphins, the approach has veered into new, better territory. The aforementioned structure of Tannenbaum and Greer resulted in a lot of finger-pointing within the organization, and reports even told us that no one quite understood the inner workings of the franchise, even inside the building itself. That's different. Greer is the man. He's the one in charge. Everything that happens funnels down from him, so when he sees an opportunity to upgrade his scouting staff, he has no issue attracting a Marvin Allen and potentially displacing a 20-year vet on his own staff in Adam Ingroff, whose future is now unknown. Greer is doing things his way. This is his team. He has officially installed his own right-hand man, 
and has almost officially installed his own head coach that he wanted without any worry about the general public almost unanimously endorsing Cowboys defensive play caller Chris Richard. It might not work. It might blow up, and it might be more of the same for this team. Any of those possibilities are, well, possible. But we now know this. The Dolphins' operation will be a singular unit, all working together, rather than hoping things work out and then blaming the guy next to him when things do in fact go belly up. The structure we have all longed for is now in place, and now all that's left is to sit back and see if it works. Okay, we're just about out of time here on the podcast for the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, but I did something last night on Monday that got me all fired up for the upcoming offseason, an annual tradition of sorts. I got my senior bowl practices all DVR'd and ready for recording all next week. Those practices are basically all day long on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, so I have about four or five hours of content to digest per day. I will get each of those watched as soon as I possibly can and get them digested for podcast material and we'll discuss that heavily leading up to the game on that Saturday and give you guys an idea about some prospects that could fit this team, prototypes that could fit the organization, as well as my own personal favorites at positions of need. So we are cranking up the draft stuff pretty soon here, pretty quickly on the podcast as the draft is just about three months away. Before you know it, it'll be here. We have all kinds of stuff coming for you guys this off season, free agent film workups from the Dolphins signings this March. Also the schedule release, the draft prospects. It's going to be a busy and very, very fun off season here on the Locked on Dolphins podcast. But as for this show today, that is going to be my time. If you have a smart speaker, you can tell your smart speaker to play Locked On Dolphins Podcast, a new feature here that we are now equipped for. Just say play Locked On Dolphins Podcast if you want to get that cranking. And also, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked on fins keep up to date on our daily dolphins blog over at lockedondolphins.com you guys have a great rest of your night we'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the locked on dolphins podcast your daily dose for miami dolphins football 